everybody welcome to the rendezvous podcast i am your host ariana shears and i am very excited you all know i automatically say that every time i'm usually genuinely excited for every episode but this one is such a good one okay if you all don't know i have been into professionalism i'll say that very generally professionalism probably since i started my career in the workforce i like when things are done in excellence i like when they are done um, with a sort of communal support if you will and i really also enjoy doing things that help serve people around me you know that i do that at church you know that i do that within my family and also where i work so i have been entirely blessed to work with some amazing people and what I love about these three yes there are three guests today what I love about these three people is that the way that they work together is so powerful okay absolutely powerful um if they don't know it they're like the cool kids of our workplace and it's awesome because one of them is probably like the professional cheerleader that everyone sort of wishes that they could be but there's no negative with like oh my gosh but she's so snobby that's not even a thing it's legitimately like gosh i wish i could be her and once you hear her talk you know exactly who we're talking about she has a very distinct voice they know it's true she knows it's true So once we get into it, you will understand why I have chosen to interview these three amazing people. But first, we'll get into a little bit about them. First up, we've got Ellen, but her name is actually spelled with a Y, guys, not at the beginning, in the middle end. It's E-L-L-Y-N. Now, Ellen, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I love how you spell your name because it is so unique. I have a best friend named Emily, and she also spells her name with a Y, E-M-Y-L-E-E. Shout out to Em. Whoop, whoop, love you. Um, so I just love how you spell your name, and you totally fit the bill with how your name is spelled. It's unique. It's, um, it's also non-traditional but in a very classic way yeah so I'll continue I'll continue because I could get started on other little tangents this whole episode if I don't put myself on a leash so we'll tell you a little bit about Ellen (laughs) Ellen is a training specialist at Timberland Partners She's been there for about two and a half years, and she loves working with people and developing people, which is why work culture and environment are so important to her. She serves on the advisory board for Her Next Play, which is a nonprofit dedicated to offering leadership and professional development to female athletes of all ages. Let's give it up for Ellen, whoop whoop, because that's amazing. We need people to advocate for folks in all types of arenas and in all types of spaces. I'm not an athlete, so that probably wouldn't be me so I'm glad that there is an organization out there that is doing so so we'll give hand claps to Ellen and also we have none other than the Angie Gatsky oh yes Angie has actually been married for 15 years to a therapist now we have had therapists on the show and we know how amazing they are to the community so I can only imagine being married to one Uh, one of my best friends is a therapist and I love how sometimes if I need a little like assurance or I need to like vent a little bit I can just do so and then she automatically knows like when to step in with a therapist and when not to so I kind of get free sessions shout out to Chrissy Danielle thank you okay if you didn't know you give me free sessions now you know okay I love you (laughs) but I can only imagine what it's like to be married to a therapist but once you hear Angie talk you'll understand that there is definitely a a a, um, kindred sort of nature that I'm sure they both have because she's a servant at heart this isn't in her bio but I'm telling you that she's a servant at heart and how she speaks to people and how she loves on people 
and how she allows her life to be on display in all areas. Um, she also has three fabulous boys and they are 10, 8, and 6. Her middle son has Down syndrome and has been such a special blessing to her family. So if you know anyone, if you're out there and you have um, a loved one with special needs, I would truly encourage you to um, reach out and sort of ask others around you if they have anything that they might find as tools or resources that have helped them because I am meeting people who don't necessarily have all the resources in the world. So I really want to make that plug out there that there are places, there are people, there are communities who you can lean on to get some of that extra added help that you may not know that you needed. Um, and also... Angie says that her priority as a family is to honor God with the blessings that they've been given. So if I did not say already, they're all located in Minnesota. Okay, very cold up there, guys. I'm sure right now, birds cold in here. St. Louis got a lot of bad weather recently, which we may or may not touch on, but I'm, I'm not even gonna complain with you three on the line because you probably will just laugh at the snow that we got because you're so used to it up there. Angie has also been with Timberland Partners for seven and a half good years and we will also get into her journey as well as our third person drum roll please ben smith yes we have been here too ben believe it or not has a history in history get it history in history <laughs> That was a little corny joke that I had to make, okay? But Ben has taught in elementary and secondary schools, and he has been in multi-housing for 10 years. So him and Angie are up there a bit, while me and Ellen, you know, we're coming in and we're like, hey, teach us the things, you know, we want to learn. And so Ben had, now you're going to have to tell me what this is, the MADAX, M-A-D-A-C-S award. And he was the winner of that for maintenance supervisor in 2018. But now he is on the training side of things. So that's kind of a shift. We're going to get into that. He also has a wife and daughter. Daughter is six. Wife is not six. And her name is Grace because she was a gift from God. He also has animals. Ellen, do you have animals? Angie, do you have animals? Yes, I do. Zoe can make an appearance if you want. <laughs> yes, we can see your, your, your puppy baby. But yes, so without further ado, this is the training team with Chamberlain Partners. Give them a round of applause. Clap, clap. Clap, clap. Yay! <laughs> we will have after claps like added in there, just so you guys know. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Do you feel We're impressive? honored to be here. Thank you so much for inviting us, Ariana. You're so very welcome. Ben, what did you say? Can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I just said thanks for, for letting us be here. Oh, yes. It's a blast. You, know. you guys are amazing. And so I sent you all the invitation so we can talk about none other than work culture. Namely, love in work culture. So it's no surprise. Well, sorry to spoil the alert. They all love God. So that's essentially why we're here. Because honestly, faith is a very, very, very big part of my life. And if you are new to the Rendezvous podcast, first of all, thanks for tuning in. Second of all, the, the Rendezvous podcast is the tagline is where faith meets destiny. So what I've learned in my walk with understanding God and how he displays himself to me and reveals himself to others through me is that there cannot be an aspect of my life where God has not touched it. There is no aspect in my life where I have not been impressed by the Holy Spirit, where I haven't been touched by the fruit of the Spirit in someone else. And so work cannot be absent from that same interaction. And what I've learned is when I'm in spaces where where the leaders are being led by God or with God in mind and his principles in mind and his heart in mind, it breeds success. It breeds retention. It breeds love. It breeds development. It breeds um, courage. It breeds, you know, character development and all the things. So first, how in the world did you all become such a tight-knit group with each other? Because another spoiler alert, they're amazing and they all work on the same team and they all have a unique capability of being themselves but also making up a very important integral part of Timberland Partners. So I would like to know, what's the secret? What are you guys drinking? <laughs> Senator Ellen, what do you guys want to go first? 
Sure, I'll share. Um, so at one point, the team was just made up of Angie and I for a few months, and we were trying to find our third P in the pod. And when it was just Angie and I, it was great because Angie and I are on the same same wavelength probably 99.9% of the time. Like we <laughs> literally finish each other's sentences and chat each other the exact same thing at the exact same time. It's weird. And so we are very, very similar in the way that our brains work, the way we treat other people, our philosophy at work, everything. But then it was like, there was like almost too much similarity. We needed some <laughs> some difference to bring some different perspectives and some different skill sets and thought processes. And when we were interviewing, we came across Ben and we were like, we are like up here floating and we need Ben to kind of balance us down <laughs> and level us off and just have it be the perfect little package. So here we are. I love that. So Ben, what was it like for you coming into this group, this pair of women who uh, essentially seem like twins and you're like, yeah, that's kind of not how I, I operate though. Uh, yeah, it was, well, it's, um, it's, it's, it's okay. definitely exhausting at times. Um, you know, <laughs> Angie and Ellen are very strong extroverts, and I'm a very strong introvert. <laughs> uh, in fact, I I, uh, I joke with with Angie and Ellen and my wife uh, repeatedly that I really am an old man in a 42 year old body. You know, I <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm kind of cranky at times and cantankerous, and uh, um, uh, can can really be wrapped up in. Well, really kind of stubborn in many regards. So about how I do things, you know, a common thing they'll hear me say is the principle of the matter, you know, the principle of the thing. But, um, but you know, even, even though we're different with that, you know, I think um, as you kind of mentioned earlier, I think the fact that we all are believers, we all have that uh, that common worldview and that that common. Um, culture in itself of, of being a part of the body of Christ. I think that really kind of helped us uh, merge and mesh. And I've got a little friend behind me there. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, it, it definitely, I feel like we do work well together. We are, we do all kind of gel together. Uh, I think in some of the personality tests we've taken, we're pretty similar apart from <laughs> the extroverted introverted. So it's a great team. That's awesome. So like, Angie, I know you have, you didn't start off as the, as the director of training and development. What would you say differs from your other teams to your current team? Good question, Ariana. You know, it's so special to work alongside people who all have like a heart of service. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that makes our team so special is I think we genuinely have a desire to look out for the others of us on our team. Mm -hmm. And we want to genuinely care for each other. We want to help each other. We know each other's roles. We want to assist each other. We take turns leading. I mean, we just genuinely work well together as a team because we like each other. We want to get to know each other, both professionally and personally. And that's really special. You know, one of the things that's different about our team is I think we've really worked to create psychological safety so that we feel comfortable being truthful when we disagree or when we feel uncomfortable or when someone's heading in a direction that maybe needs a little tweaking. And I think that's pretty special and kind of something that we've tried to lead with the rest of Timberland Partners with, you know, one of the things that we initiated this past year was TV Talks, where it's all around having uncomfortable conversations and being vulnerable and being okay with that. We try to demonstrate that in our own team. And that's not something that I've had in my past experience. It's been something that's really been unique and special with the three of us. Yeah. The beautiful part is, so one um, website that I really appreciate and that I use a lot whenever I am preparing for a podcast episode is Answer the Public. I believe it's answerthepublic.com. And you type in literally any topic that you want. And one thing that struck 
unique to me is that people really wanted to know how do you simply have a positive work culture and you know what is work culture and what culture do you thrive in and I think it's exactly what you said overall a culture where everyone is serving each other is one that is going to thrive the best if it's more understood that I want you to win and I want to win and I want all of us to win and we want our clients to win. We want our customers to win. Those are usually the teams that stick together for a very long time. Have you all ever noticed that there was ever a moment where it might have had it might have been either a little tense or a little toxic? Like, how did you all work through that if it's not peaches and cream all the time? Anyone can goof. Great question. Ellen, do you want to respond to that one? Sure, yeah. So as Angie mentioned, when we decided to start this PP talk, our company has never led company-wide vulnerable conversations before. So there's a lot of my favorite. <laughs> we love that you are a uh, monthly attendee to those talks. <laughs> um, so when we were really thoughtfully planning and kind of working through what we wanted those conversations to be like. We were bringing up conversations that are not usually the most comfortable to talk about at work, like race and unconscious bias and sexuality and different things like that. And that definitely brought up some differing views and opinions. And sometimes they were challenging Mm because all hard conversations are hard, but I think the fact that our team of three has the foundation that we have and we have this kind of communal understanding, as Angie was saying, that we're all here to support each other and to help each other be the best that we can be. We knew that even if we have differing opinions, it's helped us individually to hear those other opinions because mm. when we have these tough conversations as a company, there's going to be people from all sorts of perspectives and opinions. And so, um, yeah, you just kind of grapple with the discomfort. But like I said, the foundation that we've laid really helps navigate those. Oh, that's such a good point that you've already laid the foundation of it being okay, that it's not going to be perfect. And I... I dislike whenever I find that people avoid things because they don't know the outcome instead of welcoming the challenge and growing. Um, We had, well, actually you all taught, each of you taught a session for what is considered the Rise Up. um, What would you say? The Rise Up program, Rise Up initiative. What is it technically? It's a leadership program. So all of the leaders at Timberland Partners should focus on the different concepts of rise up. Yes. Relationships, integrity, service, execution, unity, and possibility. We all need to focus on that. And every one of us at Timberland Partners is a leader. Yes. Yes. And everyone listening to this podcast is a leader in your own right. And what I so appreciate is that we have been talking about that or had been because we've you know moved on to things. But we had been talking about that at church. And one of the biggest things I actually um, um, taught a sermon, preached, whatever your vernacular is. I taught Sunday service um, a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things that I, I spoke about was the whole thing was Luke um, 1 and 35 but I really taught from like Luke 1 through like 41 and the whole premise of it was understanding that it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes to wait for your promise but overall how you wait for the thing that you want is you leading you are influencing the people that are watching you go through it. You're influencing the people that you talk to about it. You're influencing the people that look up to you and maybe have said it or haven't said it. But unfortunately, sometimes people think that if you don't have a microphone or if you don't have a big platform or if you're not being sought after for things that you're not leading, when really that's the most dangerous thought process we could ever have is thinking that we aren't a leader in some capacity, especially if you're like a parent or you have anyone in any capability that's looking at you. Um, So the one thing that you all mentioned 
in one of the questionnaires recently which was the R of relationships and there was a question on that questionnaire that said um, what is oh I just we just went over it over it today in our level 10 it was something about what do you attribute your success to or something along those lines and my answer was you know my personality but because of God, like my personality, because of how God has groomed me. And it's that very nature that has allowed me, like Ellen was saying, to be able to have these uncomfortable conversations because then I know, oh, I'm not being attacked. You know, whatever someone is saying isn't to hurt or harm me. And if I do feel a little bit of friction, it's probably something I need to look into within my own self instead of like turning around and looking at other people. And I I know without a shadow of a doubt, that type of mindset is what kind of keeps and propels the cultures that I, you know, make myself a part of. Um, What for either of you all and any of you can take this first, what would you say was one of the harder things for you to do within yourself to keep your work culture positive the harder thing you had to do internally to keep your work culture positive that's a great question then you haven't gotten a chat recently do you want to do that one or do you want a minute mr grumpy gills is thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> that's a spongebob term by the way if you guys didn't know uh, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind going first. I, I'm just trying to put together maybe what I, the words that I, you know, that I want to say. I, I think with me, um, you know, because I am, because I, I am very, um, I don't know what's the nice way. I'm, I'm very introspective, opinionated, oh. opinionated, <laughs> opinionated. <laughs> ah, I'm very opinionated. And, you know, and I, and I come actually from, you know, I come from a very conservative, you know, I was raised in South Carolina, um, you know, coming from a very conservative family. The church that I went to growing up was a was a, a, a Presbyterian frozen chosen church. And so I have uh, I have a, a very strong um, belief system that sometimes can be very blunt if I'm not careful. Now, I, I do try to be very tactful when I talk and I do try to be very intentional when when I say things, but you know, there can be at times where um, I don't know if I necessarily do it very often at work, but, you know, my first few years of, of marriage with my wife, uh, you know, I, I had to learn how to communicate and I had to learn how to, to put aside um, you know what? What I grew up thinking and believing, and 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 looking, kind of teaching myself to find the, the the middle ground or the common ground, or to be open to another perspective. And I don't always do that, you know, fantastically at first. <laughs> but um, you know, I I do feel like I do a better job of it. And then maybe Angie and Ellen can can confirm or deny. I don't I don't know, but. <laughs> But, you know, that is something that I still have to struggle with when I when I hear something or I see something, I'm thinking, that, that, that needs to be done differently. My first reaction is to say, let's do this differently. This is silly the way we're doing this, or this is kind of crazy. Uh, but then, you know, to, 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 to bite my tongue, you know, um, <laughs> one of my, my motto for the year is to, uh, you know, be, be fast to listen, slow to speak, you know, the, uh, and so that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to do a little better of this year. Not that I, I feel like I was bad at it at the time, but anyway, I think that's what I've got. Sorry, I don't mean to capitalize on the time here. No, but. you're fine. I want to give you kudos because I've in for the listeners, I work closely with each of them, but closer to Ben typically more often because I am a mentor and he is the uh, pro, the training manager. So overall, I'm going to be communicating with him about my mentees. And when I say sometimes I am just like, 
why can't this just be done? Why can't people just do the things? Like, can you answer your phone? Can you just email back? And so that's, and yes, it. I, I did say that with a very, um, very tight-lipped mouth because that's how it feels. So when you're saying this, that you usually are very blunt, I'm like, man, good job, because I'm sure I've probably sent you a couple emails where you could have been like, amen, sister, I feel the same. But you haven't... But you haven't said that. So I say kudos to you because I would have never known that about you at all. So you're doing a great job. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I I contributed a lot of that, you know, to my wife. You know, she has put up with me for ten years and has, <laughs> has little way the rough edges. So God bless her and, yes. and so but thank you. I'll send yeah. her a card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, either of you want to chime in? What have you had to work on internally? And just for you who are coming back in, we're, we're discussing work culture and love in work culture and not like the mushy, gushy, oh, I love you. Oh, my gosh. Love is a force. OK, love is powerful. Love is mighty. Um, it does all the things. There are so many scriptures that you can learn about. If you don't have love, you're like a clanging gong. That's in Corinthians. I don't know if it's first or second. I'm sorry. But if you go in there and you just search love, you'll find a bunch of it. But we're talking about that in work culture because people, unfortunately, don't always have the best experience. And I am asking three what I would like to call experts in how to have a positive work culture. So, ladies, would you like to tell us what you had to work on internally to keep that work culture afloat, to keep the boat going? Yeah. So as you mentioned when you were introducing Miss Angie Gasky, she is a force of love in every interaction that she has with people. And I felt that from the very beginning when I started working with her. And these past two years and a half, I have learned so much from this woman. <laughs> Life, personality, professional, like so many things. And a lot of that has to do with her being married to a therapist, all these things. And I've been able to learn so much about myself because of her. One of those things in particular is that the most averse thing that I am averse to is conflict. And she is very, very much of the mindset that conflict is healthy and you need conflict to have a healthy relationship. I've never addressed this fear of mine in my life. I've always just avoided it like the plague. And she has really, really helped me address that and work through that. And I've worked through that with Ben too. Ben has some similar tendencies as well where we don't like to ruffle feathers. <laughs> and again, because of the environment that we create every day consciously and subconsciously, I am more comfortable being uncomfortable and challenging myself to maybe bring up something that I was thinking about that I internally just wanted to keep inside <laughs> and run away from that conversation, but I'm going to be courageous and do it. So that's one of my kind of biggest things that I'm still working on and that I've learned through my years at Timberland. I love that. Ellen, good job. We're going to give you a hand clap right there too. And well, as Angie prepares her answer, I will give her another like segue intro. And this is just in general, but you obviously fit this bill. Usually when a person is like great with confrontation or looks to conflict as a tool or a resource, they're usually the people who are already holding themselves accountable. They're usually the people who aren't afraid of being vulnerable. So if you're kind of listening to this and you're wondering like, oh gosh, I could never do that. Or, or you don't like conflict or you do think like, man, that, that blows my mind to even think about it. Like I would shun away from it. Ask yourself, what is it internally that you're running away from? What is something that you're like afraid of being revealed about yourself? What is something that you you probably think could have been handled differently? And then ask yourself next time that comes around, like if you will operate in a place of integrity. Because for me, when I was not confrontational, it was because I knew that I was a trash human and that whatever I brought up, it was probably going to be because of something I did that I should not have done. So when I started to be more accountable of my own self and like just do things in the way of integrity, then I was more apt to run into the fire and say, okay, like, where is it burning? Where are the flames? How do we put this out? 
But it was typically whenever I wasn't operating in my best character that I was afraid of that. Not saying that for the two of you, because I know a lot of people have different reasons for not wanting that trauma, you know, childhood, just, you know, wanting things to be peaceful, whatever, whatever. But for me, it was because I was not a very truthful person. So Angie, what was your um, your internal dialogue that you would have to keep the work culture afloat? So number one, I have to address, I can never ever picture you being a trash of a human being. That's just simply <laughs> not possible of who we all know you to be. Ariana, you are such a shining light in our organization. Truly, you, know, you bring so much to the training, the mentors, the mentees that you can connect with, any conversation that you're a part of, you're such this positive beacon of hope and light and so many things. I thank you. It's legit God only because he has done a work, okay? And it's been really neat to see, you know, Ben and Ellen as they share things that they're, you know, working on. It's so precious to me to think that we get to kind of help each other grow in our areas of opportunity. And they have helped me tremendously in mine too. You know, I I have many things that I'm working on, many things that I'm trying to intentionally do to keep our uh, culture positive. One of the things, the lessons that I I try to do and I haven't mastered it yet, is just try to keep control over the things that I can control and not get worked up about what everybody else does. Oh, Angie. And that's really hard not to be judgmental. And I falter on this all the time. In fact, I think Ben, I just said to him the other day, maybe it was even today, (laughs) as I was frustrated with one of our own team members. And here I am being judgmental. And I had to sit for a minute and say, wait a minute. I don't know the story. I shouldn't be so judgmental. But it took me like a couple minutes before I had this realization, I'm trying to be better. It's still not my natural tendency. (laughs) And you know, we can only control ourselves and how we respond in various situations. And we can't control others, even though we sure would like to. Absolutely. And so I feel like this is an area I'm continually growing in. It makes me more positive. It makes me have a better perspective on others. It makes empathy come more naturally. When you just are aware that you don't know all the things, you don't know what's happening in people's lives. And there's lots of, everybody has a story. Yeah. And so, you know, if you just think of that, we're all God's children, we're all loved by him. And so that should be reflected in how we treat others. Yeah. And I, I definitely don't do it perfectly all the time. <laughs> I've definitely got a long ways to grow. I get a lot of practice with my own husband and my kids. Yeah, they see the good, the bad, and every side of me, you know. But gosh, it's wonderful to be a work in progress. Yeah, there's and so just much beauty in it. Say that you've got room to grow. What a what a privilege that is, right? Every lesson that we learn, it's an opportunity for us to be better the next day. And I really cling to the fact that God's grace is is efficient for us. It's efficient for us each single day, and each day is a new day for us to begin again. I cling to that. I need that a lot. I need that promise. Exactly. I love, 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 love your answer. Angie Katz, keep her president, please. Um, if are you, Do you want to run? <laughs> I always wanted to be the first female president. Ariana, when I was a little kid, I always wanted to. There hasn't and I been was, one yet. No. They pulled the rug under our last option. Come on. <laughs> Well, I always was a part of, you know, young Republicans. And then I was at St. Olaf's College, a little school here in Minnesota. I was part of college Republicans. I've been to multiple rallies and parades and all kinds of things. Well, so I don't know if I'm the side that you would want, but I always wanted to be the first female president. You know why you're the side I want? Because you're the side of God. I'm such a weirdo. I don't like, okay, really quick tangent on government, real quick in politics. It would be my heart's desire that we got rid of the parties. I prefer not to have, I don't want to be a Democrat. I don't want to be a Republican. I don't want to be a Libertarian. I don't want to be a yellow, whatever. I don't want to be any of the things. I want you to have like on the ballot, have all of the things that I that you want me to vote on. I want to vote on foreign policy. I want to vote on this. I want to vote on that. And then this was on, I forget which podcast it was on, but it was on an episode where I talked about this. Um, I want there to be like a voting system like that. And then whichever candidate fits your policy overall, that's the one that gets voted in because they have the general consensus of what everybody wants. That's what I want. That's a great idea. 
I know. Right? Who do I talk to? Ariana for president. Well, see, I've learned enough from watching all of the things. I was only interested in politics once Trump got in because I was like, whoa, I need to know how we, how, how, how and who and what, what, what? I need to know more. So I legit, even to this day, I would watch CNN every morning getting ready. I watch MSNBC on my lunch or when I got home and I was a YouTube fanatic. So now I get all of my things from everywhere and I watch everything. I especially like will look up stuff that I don't believe in at all or agree with just so I can see what people are saying about it. Yeah. So now with that being said, I can make more change if I am not the president. I got to do something else. And then I get in the ear of the people who do what I want. And then that's how we get in there. So let's talk, Angie. Let's talk about you being president. <laughs> so, Ariana, so we like to talk politics sometimes. Oh my! And I think gosh. that's one of the things that one of the things that I think our little team does well is we like to ask each other questions. We like to listen to each other, and we try to be respectful even when we disagree because we're not all on the same page, and that's great. I love that. So, ah, oh, beautiful segue. Okay, so I found this article called Four <laughs> Ways to Create a Culture of Love at Work" by Dr. Todd Hall, and this was a blog post um, on Future Legacy. I believe it's a website, and there were four ways that they said to create a culture of love. I'll give you the overall bullet points, and what you just said um, goes into what they say will help people build this this culture. And the first one: be emotionally present with others give your full attention put your phone down don't check emails or text messages number two listen to others especially when there is conflict or painful emotions listening is a true gift of love that's what he said uh the number three express appreciation and gratitude to others show and express your appreciation and gratitude for your colleagues work and for who they are are and number four is show compassion compassion has been defined as empathy in action and they talk about how you can feel empathy for what people are going through and you can do something to help that and then they ask a few questions but what you said that really like triggered that is the first one and the second one um just being present and listening to people, it opens up a world of conversation and connection that people have. What do you all think, out of the four things, what do you think is the one that you you naturally tend to gravitate toward the most? I can go over them again if you need me to. There was B emotionally. Let Ben or Ellen go first. Yeah. I'll go over them really quickly. So number one, be emotionally. He's like, no, 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 not me. Please, please. (laughs) Number one, be emotionally present with others. Two, listen to others. Three, express appreciation and gratitude. Four, show compassion. Which one of those was is naturally easier for you to do? Is it and is it for me? Okay. Um (laughs) I I think uh I think that one for for me would be the third one, um, expressing gratitude. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I I'm a, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none, uh, and so um, you know, I you know, I I really when somebody can show me something or do something or, or when somebody takes time away from what they're doing to help me out or to do something that's important for you know, for my team or, you know, for me, I, I, I always want to take that time to express gratitude. So that, that comes very natural to me to express gratitude. And, um, you know, and I think that, that kind of comes from the upbringing that I was brought up in too, you know, uh, uh, you know, my mom, my mom used to say, if you can't see anybody but yourself, you have an eye problem. <laughs> I love that. And uh, so uh, you always, you know, I always try to, to to thank somebody or to to express gratitude when 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 I have been served, um, because I know that sometimes not always easy uh, for somebody to serve others. So yeah, Ben does that so naturally. He's always giving credit to others. He's one of the most humble people that I know, and he is the jack of all trades, master of all. <laughs> oh. <And> master of <laughs> all. 
There was a quote I'll have to find it But it's like um, A jack of all trades And a master of none Is always better Than a master of one Or something like that I think that's the full saying yeah. Of that Yeah Cause people it's usually still better stop than a yeah, and people usually stop at that one, but of course, TikTok teaches us about all things. That's what it's, I, I learned it on TikTok. <laughs> Ellen, did you want to go? Which one of the four was kind of naturally easier for you? Yeah, I resonated a lot when you were talking about number two and you were talking about how listening is just an act of love. And I feel like that's just always been really easy for me to do. And, oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like listening to people. I love hearing people's stories and what brought them where they are and what makes them tick and why they are the way they are and all those fun things. So, yeah, I really like listening. Yes, I'm a fan too. I, I have been told that I am a, a naturally good listener. Um, it's not really any... Well, I had to kind of practice because I used to be a selfish listener. But it's fun. You learn a lot about people when you just kind of zip your lip. Angie, what about you? Well, for me, I think it's being emotionally present with people. Mm. I really like the focus on other people. I love to ask questions. I love to meet them where they're at. I love to try to, you know, understand where they're coming from. I don't like the phone. And in fact, when I'm with people, I like to put it away. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sometimes hard to reach. And my family will tell me, like, I was trying to call you and get a hold of you. Well, I'm sorry. I was with somebody. You know, that's where my attention is. I like to make a lot of contact. I like to focus on the other person. You know, you'll see me always make sure everybody else gets heard first before I will like answer or, you know, I I want to share the spotlight and it's important to me that everybody, you know, gets a piece of that. And so I, I really try to be emotionally present with the people that I'm with and try to give them my attention and not be split. That's not to say that sometimes I don't multitask. I definitely multitask <laughs> a lot. But when somebody is sharing something with me, like they have my attention because I know that's what I would want. Yeah. Are you the youngest or the middle child? I'm the youngest. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, you're speaking very much sister. like a healed younger sibling. No. Oh, interesting. That's totally from the Lord because I come from a very broken home. My parents divorced when I was three. My mom was with the same man for like 17 years, unmarried. My sister has had a number of things. I mean, like there's a lot of brokenness Mm -hmm. in my family. So that is clearly from the Lord. That's not me. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Because it just shows overall like what he can do. Because you hear like people who are in situations where, and this is a great point to note, sometimes your work culture is not going to be awesome because people are just carrying stuff from life and it just sort of spills into where they work there's no real like boundary or sense of of um of overall development in any area of your of their life sometimes so then you know you're at home and you hate to you know pick up this or pick up after someone else or everyone's always asking you to do things so then at work you're like I'm not doing that we're we all have our own tasks and we're taking care of them ourselves, and I'm not doing this for anybody else because I'm sick of it and it's like whoa I just asked if you could help me take the trash out take your own trash out (laughs) so sometimes that can happen if you know we don't really do the work that we need to overall it can really spill into work um what do you what would you all say from experience or just from from your your wisdom over the years or what you've seen from other people what is something that people should um be mindful of to um, what's the word I'm thinking of? To avoid having a negative culture in their workplace. What's something they can do to avoid negative work culture? Yeah, you can go first, Angie. Well, one of the things that we teach is to avoid criticism. Oh, because criticism right. is so demeaning. It's condescending. It doesn't lift anybody up. And, you know, as a team, I believe we're also supposed to support each other. We're stronger together when when we encourage each other, when we provide positive words of affirmation. You know, critical spirit, it's just, it permeates. And before long, you have this just negative, awful environment that people don't want to be a part of. And people end up leaving environments like that. Criticism can be so, like I, I say when I train, criticism can be so caustic. 
it erodes everything positive. So avoiding criticism is key. No, that's true. And then if we even just think of the mirror principle, how would you feel if you felt or heard your words back to yourself? That's something I often try to like think about like, oh, would I have liked to hear that if I were them? But then I also have to, to, you know, be leery of that too, because I know I'm also not like everyone else. I probably can take things because I understand the nature of what it's coming from. So then I have to think like, okay, wait, I also have to know how they would want to receive things. So let's dial that back just a little bit. <laughs> ben or Ellen, how, what would you say is something to, to stay away from to have a more positive culture? Yeah, I would say, I mean, it takes a lot of intentionality. Like a lot of people aren't born just naturally positive, right? If any situation two ways you can look at it you can look at it like wow this is really crappy this sucks (laughs) or this is unfortunate but I learned this from it or I grew in this way and so there's there's two ways you can look at it and it's a daily thing that you have to train yourself to go down that route versus that route and then once that becomes habit Again, like Angie was talking about, it's the same with the negativity as that being contagious, but same with the positivity. It's called emotional contagion. Whatever emotions are out there, other people are going to mirror. And so the more you can steer down the positive route, the more the positivity there will be in general. I love that. Absolutely love that. I am... I'm such a fan now of intentionality because I've, you know, spent, I don't know how many years or time. Guys, I really was not always this person. I have definitely lived a life on the other side of goodness. And there was not, there was a time where I was really kind of like, flying by the seat of my pants you know I smoked drugs I drank a lot I like partied I did all the things and so I just kind of didn't really have any intention for my life and that was one of the first things that um that was really important to me that God actually like delivered me from was like smoking weed if that's your thing that's your thing it's not my thing for my life I just can't swing it but um I just like I had a bag of it And uh, yeah, I would buy my own, roll my own, you know, do my own thing. And legitimately, I was on my way to prayer and I just felt like, man, I don't. This was the reason why I stopped. I had no time to smoke weed anymore. I left work and I would go home to change to go to church. And then I would go to church and then I would come home and be tired. So then I had to go to sleep to go to work the next day. So I'm like, I can't, I don't, I can't even fit getting high in my schedule anymore. Like I don't want to smoke on my way home cause I don't be high at home and I don't want my parents to know. So then I can't smoke on the way to church. I feel like I'll go to hell and I can't smoke from church to home cause then my parents, like, like this is silly. <laughs> so I legitimately used your busyness. <laughs> yes. He has definitely used my business for other ways too, okay? We'll have the sex conversation on a different episode. Also, you can listen to the from season 1, I think, um it's a sex drought. That's where we have the sex conversation about saving yourself for marriage if you can, if you wanna. It's not everyone's prerogative, I understand, but you should try it cuz it sucks on the other side. But anyway, Sorry about the segue or the the, the digress. But anyhow, um, that was important to me to understand intentionality is so key because I have a life that I'm trying to live. And essentially, I can't get there if I have all of these other things that are like attaching itself to my life. And quite frankly, I just don't want to deal with the onslaught of all the other consequences. So when I stopped like getting high to go to work, I was like, okay, people are noticing. They're like, are you tired? Like your eyes are red. And I'm like, oh gosh, like I'm caught. Like It's too much. I have to live a life the way that I, I am telling God I want it. So it had to go. I threw it out on the highway, never looked back. Okay, that's a lie. I did look back and I went back, but then I noticed, okay, I for real don't want it this time. <laughs> Good for you. True story. That's a hard thing to do. 
You know, it was so easy for me only because I was doing it because of other people. It wasn't like it was a natural desire. It was just like, oh, I, I, I realized what the root of it was. It was never like the feeling. It was like the ritual nature. I won't get into it, but you know, I just liked everything leading up to it. And sometimes I would just prepare it and never like partake. It was just, yeah. So God is like, let me give you something else, something healthy yeah. that you can replace that with. Because yeah, no. Mm-mm. And then there's a whole drug testing for work thing. So I was like, yeah, that sucks. And I'm not purchasing urine or using anyone else's. So I guess I got to stop. <laughs> I know a whole life, guys. I'm telling you, I had a whole other life. <laughs> <laughs> so I love all of your answers. Angie, did you give an answer? I did, but you Ben did, didn't. You were the first one. Ben, you're who we're waiting on. We can't leave him out. Yes. Thanks. You're not getting out of this, Ben. <laughs> oh. You have input that people need to hear. Um, okay, so the question is, what would what should you avoid uh-huh. to have a positive company culture? Okay. Um. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that I have seen play out in my life is, and you know, one of the things I try to do now is um, to not see work as a means to a paycheck. Oh, to not just show up and mm-hmm. I'm just showing up to get paid. You know, I'm just here for the paycheck. Uh, you know, I've, I've worked with in, in jobs and organizations where that really was the, you just show up and do your job and you go home. Uh, and, and there's not a lot of fulfillment there. And, you know, I, I worked for the National Park Service for a while. Um, you know, and it really is like you really were just a cog in the machine. You show up, you, know, you pick up your shovel or whatever, and you go out and do trail maintenance all day. And the team that you work with, you sit down, eat lunch, and you don't talk because wow. nobody else wants to. Uh, you know, you're, you're not there to talk. You're there to work. And, and you know, and, and so... You know, one of the things that I think that, well, I think Timberland does really well, and that's really what I've gravitated towards when when I started in the position I started in, you know, was, um, you know, I came from from a, another organization where I really was burnt out on mm-hmm. multi-housing. I was uh, kind of run through the, the grinder a little bit <laughs> and a uh, very political organization, and, you know, office politics and um, and it just, I just happened to take a, take a, uh, an interview with, with, um, my then manager at the time, community manager and, and said, Hey, this, this organization feels a little different. The manager I interviewed with felt a little different than any other company I worked for. And it, and it was, it was a, a family at, you know, I know you hear this a lot. Oh, we have a family culture. We have a, <laughs> you hear that a lot. But I don't think there's a lot of companies that really do play it out. And, and one of the things that, you know, um, I think Timberland does a good job of is that, com- you know, having that community. And, and I'm getting a little long-winded now. I'm sorry. But, no. you know, I one of the one of the nice things, you know, I started with Timberland. And 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 even today, it's, I don't feel like I go to work. Mm. You know, I, I don't feel like I'm going to work. You know, I look forward to the week more than I'll do the weekend uh, because I'm, I'm working with positive people and and you know I'm learning something new every day from Angie or Ellen or somebody at the home office or one of you fabulous or marvelous mentors as I call you uh, you know I, I just I see that as you know a, a vital part is to see what you're doing as a way of service as a way of growing uh, as a way of learning and and then everything else will fall into place the paycheck will come <laughs> <laughs> everything else will show up but you know i think when you go into it with a heart that you know i'm, I'm here to serve i'm here to love i'm here to build relationships to know people uh i think that's what leads to that positive culture if you're showing up just give me my paycheck and I want to go home. Yeah. That's that's not very positive. So. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you bringing out that aspect uh, for two reasons. The first being I, I am the biggest supporter of people going where they feel they should be. And when I was a recruiter, 
um, with a previous company. Actually, the company I was with before Timberland. Um, they let me go. It's okay. No hard feelings, guys. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but they... What they let me do was have full freedom in how I recruited. And so when I would go to some of these job fairs, I would have people who are sitting across from me and I'm hiring for a cook or a chef and their background is in construction or they, you know, work in in something with maintenance. And I would have to say, you know, all questions aside, why are you interviewing with me? And they'd be like, I, you know, I just need money right now. And, you know, they'd give me some reason that only pertained to having income. And I would say, let me, you know, let me give you the opportunity here to turn me down because I'll tell you how this will work. I'm gonna, I'm gonna invite you to come back. You're going to say yes because you need a job and then you'll work all these hours for two weeks and then you'll realize it's not the job for you and then you're gonna quit and then I'm gonna be out here in three weeks looking for a person again. So to save the time and the hassle, I would like you to say thank you so much for meeting with me but this is not the right opportunity i don't want to i don't want to decline you i want you to decline me because i'm not the right fit for you i need you to like get that in your mind and so i i appreciated having that freedom to sort of like coach people because that's one thing people don't realize like if you don't, if it's not serving your purpose, you don't have to be there. That's probably the biggest thing I, I would wish if, if I could have anyone take anything from here, find what your purpose is for your, your heart, for your life, for what you know that you are put on this earth to do. Everyone has purpose. Well, we talked about that in episode one, season one, the truth about purpose, go listen to it with Kenneth Lockett. But we talk about how you have to understand what you're supposed to be here for and that's typically when we get into some of these sort of negative cycles is when we really haven't consulted with our desires with God to really see okay why am I here and what am I supposed to be doing and then you just wake up and then you're miserable and then you job hop and then you know you never find the real thing that you want and then it just comes you know the 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 cycle of of emotional abuse that we inflict on ourselves because we didn't do the 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 easy hard thing what do I like and then go about that way and then the money will come this was a very 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 awesome conversation i could probably keep going but i know you guys have lives so i want to honor that time (laughs) is there anything that you all think is important for the audience to know to help them on their journey to find um fulfillment within their work anything for them to find fulfillment within work and i just think the biggest question that anybody can ask whether in work in relationship in life is what do you think about jesus christ like who is he to you because if you figure that out for yourself that is everything like for me he is what brings me joy he is what gives me life and breath and hope and honestly without that I don't know how you'll be happy and successful in all areas of your life. Amen. So big to things. me, figure out what your faith in him is is all about. Because without it, I, I don't know that it's possible to give you a, any other answer than that, Ariana. <laughs> Make it plain. Make it plain. Yeah. I love it. Yes, absolutely. Yes. That's the only way I've gotten as far as I've gotten. That was another question. What's our biggest accomplishment on our uh, relationship questionnaire? And that's what I said. My biggest accomplishment is that I have served God this long and I still want to do it. And he has given me literally everything that I could have asked for within every yes that I've given him. Yep. You got to know Jesus. Yeah. I mean, you're either serving him with your life or you're not. He's either your savior or he's not. That's either reflected in what you do every single day and your actions, your words, how you treat other people, or it's not. And people notice the difference. Oh, yes. Non-believers may not be able to pinpoint it exactly, but they notice something different. Oh, yeah. And it's what draws them to you. And now you have an open door to share the truth. Oh, evangelism 101. I love it. You're coming back. Uh, (laughs) 
Ben, I want yeah. you to come back for my man, my my husband's panel. Angie, we can come back to talk about evangelism. Ellen, we can you can just come back to whatever you want to come back to. You can just be a, a, whatever topic. Hey, are you recording this day? Come on. <laughs> I can talk about a lot of things. Yes, see? That was nothing but God. I didn't know that. And you two, is there anything that you would like people to know, to be encouraged on their, their journey to having positive experiences at work? One of the most uh, helpful questions that I found the answer to that helped me find fulfillment was, what am I on this planet for? What is my calling? What am I... Why am I here? Why did God put me here? And simply put, that's to to help people. And so I I feel pretty fortunate that I can find passion in a variety of things as long as I'm serving people, helping people be better, be the best self that they can be, then I feel fulfilled. So that was a kind of a game changer for me in my early career. I love that. It's honestly, it's it's the most important thing. It it I'm glad it was a game changer. I feel like that is the answer that people look for in everything. They look for it in the drugs. They look for it in the relationships. They look for it in the job hopping. They look for it in in all of the destructive natures. Because overall, people just want to know what they're here for, but need some of that guidance to understand how to pinpoint what that looks like. That's amazing, Ben. Your turn. Huh. Well, you know, it's hard to follow uh, uh, both of those. Um, <laughs> you know, I think one of the things that maybe I would just say is, you know, there was a quote that hit me really hard, you know, a few months ago, back at the kind of the middle of last year. I think it was Mark Twain who said it. He said, um, it's not the things you know that get you in, the tr- in trouble. It's the things you think you know that get you into trouble. And so, and ever since I saw that quote, one of the things I have tried to do better at, um, you know, is to get back into learning and to take, uh, to take opportunities to, to grow. You know, I, you know, I, I'd gone through college. I've been through seminary. I've spent a lot of years studying. So when I finally got done with all that, I said, I'm done studying. <laughs> I'm done learning. And, and I kind of got lazy there for a while. You know, I, mm. I, uh, I took the lazy route by watching history documentaries and just vegging on the couch. And, um, and that's, and that's, that's a fun thing to do, but, um, but yes, but when I saw that quote, I said, you know what, I, I need to do a better job of, of, of continuing to grow. Uh, and, and, and to, and so, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I've tried to, to, to take on more responsibility at work. I've tried to, uh, to learn things and read books on, in my spare time that I normally wouldn't have read. Um, you know, because, you know, I, I, I want to kind of see those different perspectives. I want to learn and, and kind of be a well-rounded person. So I, mm-hmm. I think that's what I would recommend is, is don't, uh, Continue to educate yourself. Continue to uh, to learn new skills or learn new new ways to market yourself. Uh, new ways of uh, you know padding your resume. Not that I'm looking to go anywhere. I love being at Timberland, but you know I. <laughs> but look, you know, look for those ways to, to build those skills and to learn uh, to learn new things. Um, yeah, I think that that brings happiness when, when, when you, when you learn something different or learn something new about yourself in the process. I think, I think that's helpful. That's absolutely amazing. Um, gosh, you guys are so insightful. Um, I'm so glad that I, you know, felt impressed to ask you all to discuss this topic because it, there's nothing like having joy when serving. There's nothing like feeling like you're a part of something bigger. There's nothing like um, feeling fulfilled 
every day. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't know that that's possible. Um, so we just thank you. I'm going to pray, actually. I don't usually pray on all my episodes, but I feel impressed to pray, pray right now. So um, God, we thank you right now for each and every listener, each and every audience uh, member, every person who is tuning in to this podcast. For anyone who is finding that it's a little difficult for them to understand their place in this world or who may have an idea but just needs a little extra push, I thank you right now for opening the doors of opportunity for them to experience you in a greater way. I encourage each and every person who may feel that they have a calling to evangelize, who may feel that they are typically impressed to speak to people. I thank you, God, for giving them an extra added dose of courage in this moment. Give them the grace that they need to address people in the way that they would receive them. I thank you, God, for also allowing there to be um, an uninterrupted moment where someone can experience you in, in way of purpose by way of purpose, by way of love. And for those who may have their light hidden under a bushel, I ask right now that you create a divine opportunity for them to be exposed for your good, for them to be exposed for your will, for the advancement of your kingdom. And I thank you, Lord, that you are showing all of your believers even now that there is a place for them in every area of the world, in every um, industry, in every department of their company, there is a need for them. And there is not only a need, but a demand for them to be seen and for them to be heard. So I thank you right now for creating ample opportunity and giving that courage um, because your word says that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I just thank you that your word is illuminated in them in ways unlike ever before, because the time is now for your people to stand up and be counted in Jesus mighty name. Amen. And if you actually want to receive Jesus, even now, um, I just thank you for um, in your heart, you are receiving him as your Lord Jesus. Um, You're also understanding that he died for your sins. You're also understanding that, um, that we are all sinners and that there's no way to get to God, but through Jesus. So if you would like the salvation of the Lord, even now you can say this prayer. God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I acknowledge that you have paved the way for me to become one with you. I acknowledge that Jesus has made atonement for my sins and I accept you in my heart as my Lord in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I thank you all. If you have prayed that prayer, you're welcomed into the fold um, of God's kingdom, of God's family. And if you need a church home, feel free to just Google it. <laughs> Google churches near me and pick one. And then God hopefully will make it illuminated to you uh, which one is the the most important one for you to to head to first. So I just thank you all for tuning in. I thank you guys for being here. This was an amazing experience. Thanks for having us, Ariana. It was so awesome. Yeah, this was very fun. Thank you. You're welcome. And of course, if you have not... Ariana, I wish... Oh, yes. I wish I could have asked you all the same questions. I wish I could have asked you all the same questions you asked us, but we probably would have been here for three hours. Oh my gosh, yes, because I am a talker. (laughs) So guys, I thank you so much for tuning into the Rendezvous podcast. Um, It's always a pleasure to be able to share and open my heart and the heart of my guests to all of you. Um, Of course, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on literally every platform ever for listening to podcasts. And if you haven't shared it to someone, why not? Make sure you ask them why they're not tuning into the Rendezvous podcast. And as always, until next time. Bye.